my goodness me, this is the one I've been waiting for. This is the third in a series of episodes that I've recorded that focus on the subject of conscious living. And joining me today, special guest, Nina Bubamara. Nina is a self-inquiry coach, speaker, storyteller, and also the founder of the I Am Circle community. Nina has attained so much wisdom around the subject of conscious living throughout her life. And now she uses that knowledge across various platforms to share with as many people as she can. She's a really good friend of mine and I'm so excited to have her here today. I know that you're going to love this episode and hopefully pocket some of Nina's ingenious wisdom. Let's do this. Nina, do you know what? I've been looking forward to doing this for so long. Thank you for finally coming on my podcast. It's great to have you here and in person as well. I know, how lucky are we? I know. This is like literally the first one in person I've done. Wow. I started this at the start of lockdown, so they've all been by Zoom. Brilliant. So this is good. This is going to be good. Yes. Um, So in my intro, I obviously um, announced you as a self-inquiry coach, but I'd like to just understand a little bit more about that for the listeners, if I could. Sure. So... I say self-inquiry because it is the the journey of discovering who we truly are and I hold space for that. So I work with people to connect dots, to piece together their sort of true essence, to enable them to find confidence, to align with their integrity, to be more, yeah, to be more, be more, just to be more themselves in a in a society that can guide us in other directions or in that sort of you know down paths that we might not stop and say oh is this actually who I am is this actually what I want is this and and even asking the question you know who am I Hmm. Um, and and foraging for the resources and the information to connect to that so I work with people to to help them in that journey and empower them to empower themselves. Mm, I love that. So sort of like connecting the dots and I suppose uh, in a way allowing, uh, encouraging people to um, undo all the things that they're taught throughout their lives to Absolutely. some degree. Absolutely. It is a process of unlearning yeah. and challenging within ourselves some of the things that we've been taught or that we're really kind of attached to and just peeling back those layers and approaching everything with curiosity. Hmm. And that's where we discover those, that essence, that resonance. Hmm. Absolutely. So tell me, I want to understand a little bit. I mean, obviously, I know your backstory, but I think backstories are so important, particularly for the people that will be listening to this today. So how did you get to where you are? Because, you know, you don't just what end up becoming a you know a a coach and and talking about all of this kind of stuff so where did it start so I mean interestingly obviously we've met um, many years ago and your talks is all about that hum and I call that you know you're in a compass you're in a voice that helps guide you and when you connect to that that's the true essence of who you are you begin to listen, you begin to become aware and you begin to act on those pulls. And that's what I started doing about a decade ago. Um, you know, my life was kind of a bit picture perfect. I was a great student and I had, I was a very creative, um, but I found my way down the path of working in fashion because it was the, you know, it was a career path that was very much laid out for me. I did a degree in fashion marketing and something didn't quite feel right inside, but I didn't know what that was. Mm. It was very, very kind of confusing. Um, there was a lot of parts of myself that I was avoiding, mm. a lot of parts of myself that I wasn't aware of, a lot of parts of myself that I had you know, fear around and, um, and again, lots of learned behaviors that until you begin to look, you don't recognize it there. You just kind Mm. of win this, this autopilot. And so I really answered that call, that first initial voice that said, who am I and, and what, and, and what does that mean to kind of go and discover? And I went, um, I went traveling. Um, and that trip started out with two best friends Mm. and that was a safety kind of 
that was a sort of safety blanket. I knew I needed to go and sort of be with just myself. And that's something that is frightening in our day today, you know, spending time with ourselves on our own and and just being with ourselves, confronting some of the things about ourselves that are challenging and the relationship with ourselves. And that really started then, but I really did take that leap with friends. And then it was on that journey that a pull guided me to Um, well actually guided me to a school in Cambodia learned a hell of a lot about myself there and I had to leave them I had to leave that safety cushion um, and that comfort zone it was stepping it really you know it's the cliche Mm. stepping out of the comfort zone so it really left left them left the comfort zone and began leading by these pulls Um, and that guided me to um, yeah to so many raw real experiences where I was completely shedding parts of who I was and consistently asking questions and letting go of old parts of myself that I'd built up. You know, I was very obsessed with image, for example. Mm. Um, And I had a really bad relationship with food. I, um, I, you know, was a big party girl, but it was very, very much not living in my authenticity and the more that I was having these raw real experiences you know I went to live on a dairy farm in the middle of Australia and that was all guided by this intuitive pull I kind of knew that where I was going but didn't know what I was looking for until it it sort of found Mm. me and I found it and it was in these moments that I learned really raw things about myself and then I, it, it's in every single step of that way um, and that journey that led me towards more of my truth, which was doing more creative work and doing work that was meaningful, mm. purposeful, connecting with people. I did a lot of, through working with young people, I learned that I loved working with young people and adults, ran a lot of workshops. You know, you've been to the workshops that I've held where there's kids there and adults because kids are so pure and innocent and creative and curious and adults can learn so much from that the capacity to play and I believe that it's those tools that we need to connect to our own self and our Mm self-inquiry and so it was really through all these experiences that guided me and led me to towards coaching and then I then I went back to university actually where I did my fashion degree and life came full circle and I went back to the same university and did my coaching degree um, and have trained in various different methods and yeah essentially I call myself self-inquiry coach but that's just really the skills that I've got we live in a society that needs titles and labels and things to identify with but really it's about holding space for people to go and enable people to go on that journey with themselves Mm. Um, Mm. because it is you know it has transformed my life and will continue to by approaching life through this with this way brilliant thank you and um, just to you know pull on a couple of things you said there we said at the start didn't we about undoing all the things where we're taught and I think your journey from what you've just described it as is very much a journey of you know I suppose unbecoming everything you thought you were in order to become the person that you are now and doing what you're doing and and that is a really really it's a tricky to navigate journey and I think sometimes it does start out with needing those stabilizers just so we're a little bit more you know secure in our minds that if it fails we've got something to fall back on and in your case that was clearly your friends who you started out on the journey with um and now here you are solo riding and absolutely confident in, in your own ability it's brilliant yeah I mean even then it is a inner confidence and outer confidence are very interesting things to look at because we are taught to put on a mask every day Mm. um you know especially in our culture you know the British culture is very like you know you go out and you put on this sort of appearance and you don't want to you know say if anything's going wrong or you don't want to burden people and that's why we have such an epidemic of of issues with mental health and you know through my own 
um, experiences of my own mental health was able to again inquire into that but I do just want to touch on what you said about kind of you know unlearning unbecoming I actually was unlearning everything that from my childlike self Mm. that I had gathered and learned that was not aligning with who I truly was and in that journey I also went back to my inner child and so I facilitate a lot of inner child work because I believe fundamentally that when we are in that inner child sense of self we seriously know who we are from such a young, young young age and I am now more my childlike self you know I live through curiosity I live through play I'm connected to creativity as I was then I'm not withdrawn in the ways that I was post you know school and and being creative through those spaces um you know pursuing a certain career that I thought I should do Mm. and this idea of what we perceive we should do and actually embodying more of what we were born to do with the natural skills that we have and I've always been so curious about people it's so naturally curious about people naturally curious to encourage people to know who they are you know when I was just nine years old I used to um design and invent personality games and go around dinner parties my mum and dad's dinner parties and and use these sort of games to help people learn who they were. And I'd invent it all because I was so interested that one person would choose one and they'd respond to it differently and another person would choose another. Um, and and that's been my journey of reconnecting to that truth. Mm, brilliant. <clears throat> And I think you're right. I think that's where our true essence lies, isn't it? In our in our in our childlike state when we're younger, but through the process of growing up and getting the job, and I suppose um, uh, what's the word? Surrendering to people's expectations, mm-hmm. we lose who we are, and we have that. Then we wind up in a place where we have that feeling of just discontentment. But I think so many people refuse to accept that feeling, or they don't want to. And then, you know, maybe they numb it with drugs or alcohol or distractions of, of any kind. And that leads me nicely in, I think, to talking about, obviously, this series of podcasts is about conscious living. Mm-hmm. But I think so many people live unconsciously, mm-hmm. you know, with all of the noise and uh, the brain chatter and, like I say, succumbing to the distractions. Um And for you, you picked up on that, 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 that feeling, didn't you? And you did something about it. Yeah, I mean... Do you know what, when you say living unconsciously, and I look back on my experiences of, like you were saying, alcohol, drugs, partying, shopping, um, you know, whatever it was that was lifestyle, it was also normalized, and it was also part of the culture that I was living in. It was social, it was with my social circle at the time. Um, And that essentially, if you're talking about it in terms of, um, you know, looking at the human brain and, and society, that's your tribe and you do what the tribe does. Mm. And whether that's in your working environment or your friendship circles, you go and you evolve with the tribe and, you know, had so much fun living that way. But ultimately it comes at a price and a cost. Yeah. Uh, and it did for me it was it's not sustainable um and i could feel that it was also preventing me from from living the life i really wanted to live you know being hungover sort of paralyzed my productivity mm. when you're working for yourself paralyzing your productivity is was just a no go it was like you'd, I just couldn't function. And I began to recognize that I wasn't able to kind of function freely and creatively and and even kind of, you know, with joy and all these things that I was kind of you kind of looking for. Um the these substances and and that, that sort of living just was was kind of 
dulling it down. Mm. I could feel that it was dulling it down. And I could feel that I was at one period of time, a few years ago, I was in a in a sort of middle point, a middle ground, mm. where I could recognize and I had the awareness that I was living like one foot in, one foot out. <laughs> one foot in of wanting to be more conscious, wanting to lead a healthier life, wanting to pursue, um, you know, being more aligned with my true self. And then another foot that was still in these circles of partying and and living more unconsciously. And, uh, and I think a lot of people are also in that place because we, it's a, there's a lot of noise. There is a lot of noise out there about personal development and, you know, um, health and well-being and meditating and yoga. And you can be one foot in and one foot out. People do it all the time. They do, they go to yoga in their mornings. They work the jobs that they do. They're doing meditation, but then they're also, you know, partying really hard or uh, taking drugs and, and drinking alcohol and, not maybe aware or in tune with the food that they're putting in the body or the language that they're using. These are all unconscious habits that we have. Um, and we might be aware that we're doing it, you know. You can have an inner, inner narrative, an inner dialogue, mm. and that will tell you how you feel about it. Absolutely. So conscious living then, mm. um, I suppose, is the complete opposite that of that, isn't it? I always describe it as a sense of, being aware of the decisions that you make, mm -hmm. the you know the, the words that you tell yourself, and all of that, just that awareness piece. But how would you articulate what conscious me living means in maybe just a, I suppose, a few sentences? So I'll I'll flip it around, saying it living more consciously. Yeah, is around making more conscious choices that align to align more with nature's natural way, which is ultimately um, growth, love, compassion. And when you begin making those conscious choices, whether that's more self-love, so being kinder to yourself in your thoughts, in your body, in your mindset, or it's also the way that you're living in your lifestyle um, and making those adjusting those more conscious choices um being more yeah more aware of of yourself your surroundings the planet all these different layers of things and obviously i always say that i say living more consciously because it's a mega process yeah and there's no there is no quick fix <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> there's no quick fix it is a process and and recognizing it's a process that you make subtle movements subtle changes in the direction of more conscious living rather than today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be super conscious yeah and I think so many people want that quick fix I talk about it all the time in yeah. the podcasts um but I'm going to ask you is there any way that we can sort of accelerate that learning process is there anything that we can do that will do that Oof. So it depends how badly somebody wants change, wants growth. Our brains will try to keep us safe and will try to keep us kind of in the same, sort of doing the same things in the comfort zone. Mm. And that's when the quick fix becomes a, you know, it's like that, it's a dopamine hit or it's a distraction or it's something that, gives us even even like high level things like yoga even just that you go to your yoga class and you get that fix of mm. the yoga living consciously is off the mat it's what principles you're learning from that yoga and how you're integrating them into your life it's and it's an integration process and the way i would say anybody would accelerate it is just to is to kind of be really radically honest with yourself mm. and to see how badly you want to change. And through that 
you're able to accelerate, well, fundamentally, you're able to accelerate by meeting like-minded people who support that growth because ultimately, you know, your tribe is those people around you will help you accelerate your journey. Going at this path alone, when you're still in circles of maybe more unconscious circles, is very, very challenging. Um, So like-minded people, connecting to like-minded people, even finding whether that's a coach or a mentor, someone to go on the journey with, um, definitely would accelerate it. Um, and and f- and looking for community where you're going to learn the things that you want to learn. Um, because there's so many resources and books and podcasts and, um, you know, courses, retreats, etc. out there. But the amazing part of the acceleration comes from connecting with people. Fundamentally, I believe mm. that, you know, when you're able to be your true, authentic self with others and have that held and seen, then you are able to accelerate because you begin to build that confidence from the inside. Yeah, I'd agree. I I, I think there's nothing more satisfying and yeah, satisfying for the soul actually mm. than being around people that make you more of who you really are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've got, you know, uh, only a few people I think in my life that make me more of who I actually am. And I really feel it when I'm with people that don't. It's just that kind of misalignment, isn't it, that yeah. you, you feel. So it's an energy thing. But how lucky that you've felt what it feels like to be held and to be around people that make you feel super authentically you. Yeah. Where you can be radically honest. Yes. And express yourself exactly how you are. Because ultimately, some of the environments that we've been in, school, yeah. then work, in those environments, it's not always safe to take down the curtain and be like ta-da here Here I I am am. (laughs) and um and we were just you know we've been on tour um of the country now that things are opening up a bit we've been on tour in our van which you've seen which is why we're here and um and we visited a friend and you know we haven't seen her in in ages and she sent us a message afterwards and she said god when I'm with you I feel like I'm home hmm and that is the feeling of really f- of understanding what it feels like to be to be in your truth yeah. and to feel safe to do that and that unfortunately hasn't always been the case because sometimes even in our family unit yeah we're not encouraged to be ourselves so ways to accelerate is truly mm. connecting with people that you are able to shed the coat of this identity and the coat mm. of that identity and and being able to be your authentic self and of course in certain environments where you've been seen a certain way there's a perception of you um in the workplace for example and you know that you're going through change and you know that you're not being fully authentic and then you begin to be authentic that shift yeah that is you know your exp- it's vulnerability mm it's scary it's it really is it takes building that confidence to do that to to own who you are and to stand in that room of people that have seen you in a certain way before Mm. like me with with partying that was a fun that is a really great example you've been seen as a certain way as a wild party girl sent you know life and soul of the party always you know making sure everyone's got a drink in their hand mm. and, you know, loves to throw a party, loves to host a party, um, to not drinking. Sober curious over here, complete, r- complete contrast. And me in the middle part of the journey, going into those social circles and deciding, hey, I'm at a Hindu and I'm not drinking anymore, guys. <laughs> and that for me is, is exactly that. It's being back around those circles where you are, shedding the 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 layers and the mask and the and the, and becoming vulnerable to yeah to how that might be perceived and and owning actually this is who I am mm. mm-hmm. and it is hard it's totally hard to do that and I suppose it's why therapy works for so many Oof. people isn't it yeah. because they can finally you know 
take off the mask, to use your term, be who they really are. And with that comes no judgment, you know, if you've got a great therapist in most mm-hmm. cases. Um, but to let down those guards and take off the mask in front of friends that have known you for so long as the person that you've sort of lived up to being is, is you know, it's tough, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's I mean, really tough. I've just been working with someone who um, has never, ever not worn makeup, for example. Mm. We've been on an amazing journey, so many different elements to the journey. But she began to recognise that I'm not being fully authentic because I actually feel much more comfortable, much more myself, when I strip back part of this physical mask that I put on um, whenever I go around certain circles and certain friends. Um, and so it was it was quite incredible because we'd worked on some really deep other things, but this simple, which isn't for some people, it's not simple for some people. No. Um, but it was this pr- s- small little steps towards feeling comfortable mm. to stand in the room with friends and go without the makeup and with the hair not done and what that means, you know, the, the stories that we tell ourselves, what it means, you know, to, to, to change. Yeah. And to, and for someone to say, Oh, you know, you, you, you let yourself go a bit there. You know, <laughs> these are the stories that people think that the people are going to say, you've let yourself go a bit. Yeah, I'm I'm trying, I'm experimenting with le- wearing less makeup or not mm. wearing makeup every day because, you know, I would like to be more natural or I'd like, you know. And I think more and more people are curious about getting back to that space of inner peace, yeah, freedom, liberation, feeling more comfortable in our own skin and comfortable around others. So people get curious yeah, about, do. you know, oh, actually... I've I grapple with that too. Yeah, that's, and that's what happens when you connect with like-minded people. Of course, it is. You know, I think one of the accelerators, you know, um, certainly in some of the, the the people I've witnessed over the past sixteen months, has been the pandemic. Actually, mm. because mm. in in my practice, I always ask people these two questions: How would the people that are closest to you most describe you? Um, and then I asked them the question, how would you describe yourself? And for me, let's use myself as an example. Before this pandemic, I would have gone, how do people perceive you, Lisa, um, as an explorer, as, as spontaneous, as, um, you know, adventurous? But actually, what I've come to realise is I'm still those things. But what I really love is um, a structure, you know, mm. to my day to day work. I love um, that feeling of contentment. Mm. and not having to rush around and be on a bloody plane, train and automobile like I used to be before this. And it's been easier to give up that, um, you know, the the mask, I guess, for want of a better word. Um, perception. Yeah, perception. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's just for me, it's accelerated growth, certainly, in, in allowing me to be actually more of who I am. Brilliant. Um, and yeah. I don't know whether you've experienced that amidst this. Yeah, I mean, the the pandemic and this period of time has been has been certainly transformative. It's been challenging, and with challenge comes transformation. And with, I always talk about the the stepping onto this path of self discovery, self inquiry, being more authentic. It's an unknown terrain. Mm. It is full of unexpected moments, and and unexpected experiences that we have to do get com we have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable there's no other kind of no other way around it and here we have been presented with something so unknown lots of unknowns lots of uncertainty in all different sort of areas of people's lives lots of change and actually what we are as humans is extremely adaptable we are resilient but often we don't believe we are. So when change comes or when we are changing, we don't, we, we have this relationship with change that we kind of have to, you know, we think we have to be the same or maintain the mask or maintain the perception. And then something can happen, some change can come along and it might challenge us to recognize that, oh, this unknown thing has come, but we are adaptable and actually in the adaptation, we're being more authentic. Mm. 
you know, so like you said, you, you know, you really realized, oh, I actually really, I'm spontaneous. But on the other side of that coin is structure. Yeah. And there's a part of me that is spontaneous, but I also really need, it's it's recognizing more of our needs. Yeah. And with the pandemic, it's also stripped so much away that we've come back to the core of what our human, human needs are. And our human needs are, you know, health and that you know if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs food shelter water you know the baseline basics and obviously we've been in sort of lockdown situations our environment is so important Mm. you know we have to look at our environment how are we living Um, and then you know other core fundamentals like nature has become such a huge part of of this time you know that's been where and and we through that you know learning that we are we are nature we are part of nature there's not it's not we're not removed from nature when we go into nature how do we feel Mm. you know and and these are really interesting things that I think have certainly people have become more aware of I think so um and it kind of leads nicely into a question I was going to ask around because when I when I interview a lot of guests and talk about conscious living and you know what it means to have that 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 moment in your life almost like an epiphany where you're like actually I'm going to be more true I'm going to be more authentic and I'm going to follow the path that I feel like I should follow they've quite often been through some kind of maybe tragedy illness um you know heartbreak whatever but some things there's been a tipping point is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say and I think, you know, almost it's like COVID has been this global shared experience that we've all had, which I see so many people now have used as this tipping point to, to, to become more authentic, to follow their truth. Um, and so for me, it's and I know it hasn't for many. I know people have had a really horrific experience mm-hmm. throughout this, but I think there are a lot of people that will come out of the other side just a, a lot more conscious and a lot more aware, mm-hmm. if, if, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean you know we were briefly chatting earlier about this idea of the the thing the big thing that that cracks people open to want to look inside and you know it can happen for all sorts of different reasons covid has been essentially for many people a huge change in their lifestyle or a huge you know awakening moment of you know, what life really means to people or, you know, it has woken people up to think a bit differently and to, you know, appreciate the smaller things, the simpler things. Um, And there has been people that, you know, there's been a lot of grief as well. You know, we've had to let things go. We've had to, um, you know, we've physically lost people or um, lost the lifestyle we were leading or, and, but through that, if you have the type of mindset, which is a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset, which is also like whether we fall into victim or victor, whether we're gonna grow through something, whether we're gonna take on the lessons that we're learning in the moment, or we're gonna sit and wallow about it and how it's caused us X, Y, and Z problems. You know, grief is actually an unbelievable catalyst for growth. Hugely. But again, I think society teaches us that trauma, you know, presents us with things like post-traumatic stress. But something you and I have often spoken about is what about post-traumatic growth? You Mm. know, coming out of that horrific experience or whatever it was as a much wiser person about yourself and and what's truly important to you. But there's no talk of that in Mm -hmm. society. There's Mm -hmm. never any talk of that. Mm -hmm. And why is that? What is that all about? Mm -hmm. Well... The thing is, when if if somebody experiences like large scale trauma, so capital T trauma as it's known, that can be you know all sorts of different experiences that ha- that can happen in life, um, and then there's small t trauma, which is maybe developmental trauma or things that have happened in our lives from you know a young age or that we've kind of lived with but maybe unconsciously lived with and then we're kind of scared to look at those things because of the the narratives and the stories around you know that it's scary to be depressed or mm. 
it's scary to have post-traumatic stress disorder or, you know, what we, what we need to realise is that humans are innately wired for growth and healing. We are innately, that is innate within us. Should we create the environment for which that can take place, for that healing to take place? And that would be, you know, therapy, counselling, coaching, community, um, facing the ego, looking at where, you know, looking at um, different, all sorts of different healing processes. Um, that is all, res- there is resources out there for absolutely everything. Mm. And even if you haven't gone through a big, you know, trauma or an experience in your life that's that's holding you back or causing you to not have inner peace or to be affecting, you know, your mental health, for example, the 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 actions that you can take to find more um, calm, to find less stress, you know, the stress is an epidemic of our society yeah. and it's normalized. And so actually what you were saying, you know, it's like, why aren't these things you know, in our society, because we actually are normalizing, Mm. we are normalizing stress and we are normalizing poor mental health Mm. in that same respect. Um, And we are normalizing that trauma is fear. Mm. And we're normalizing that, you know, that when sort of these sorts of stories, when you actually have gone through it and you've experienced going through something and on the other side, you know, like everyone that we've met, everyone you speak to that's gone through the growth journey knows that absolutely healing is possible, change is possible, transformation is possible, growth is possible. Yeah. You know, and nature's our biggest teacher and I'll just use a small example. If you overwater a plant and you put that plant away from light and you put it in a dark area and you overwater it, the roots will begin to decay. And the roots will, they will, you know, they will, they will, they will decay and they will, um, the plant itself will die. But if there's some of that root that's still living and you put it back in an environment where it can have sunlight and thrive and it's watered in the right way, in the right environment, in the right situation, that plant will thrive. That plant will heal. That plant will come back to life. And, um, and we can do that as well. Mm-hmm. all humans can do that absolutely we do indeed have the ability to like you say it's about being surrounded by the right connections and you know living by our values and all of those things now I know you've got created a, an amazing framework which I've had the privilege of um, you know taking part in actually on, a, on an insta live we did mm-hmm. um, and it's brilliant so I'd love for you to just share that framework and tell us a little bit more about that if you could sure so and in, in the work that I do, I love metaphor. It's like a sort of my creative way of seeing the world comes through in working with people and metaphor. And I feel it also helps people to articulate where they're at in their lives, certain experiences that they're having using metaphor. So I've always loved um, waves and the sea and ships as a way of kind of capturing certain stories of of metaphor and over the years I've developed this framework called the seven seas and it's really um, you know to begin with it's kind of that embarking on the journey of um, developing your relationship with your true self so that ship and that's the seas and Mm. the seven seas so the seven seas um, has its own process and that process is starts with courage so the first sea is courage and that means, you know, the courage to to even take that first step, the courage to face the fear, the courage to look yourself in a mirror in the eyes and say, am I happy? Do I know who I am? What areas of my life am I not fully aligned with? Is this, you know, is this relationship serving me? Is this job serving me? And making those scary decisions. Also, courage to be vulnerable and as we were saying earlier it's huge being vulnerable in certain situations and allowing that so the first c is courage 
The second C is curiosity. So I mentioned it earlier, it's kind of approaching this whole journey with curiosity, you know, not, you know, rather than saying, why me? Not saying, you know, why me? That's the kind of victim mindset of when we fall into struggles or suffering or, you know, something doesn't go the way that we'd like it to go and we slip into this mindset of why me? Actually, the question, just why? Curiosity opens things up, creates space and um, the curiosity to see things through a different lens. And um, the third is connection. So that's what the one that we did on the live. Um, Connection is to develop that deeper connection to ourselves. And the deeper we can go with ourselves, I fundamentally believe the deeper we go with others. The deeper we are able to connect with other people in the world, the deeper we're able to connect with our environment, with our you know community etc like connection is so important and you know learning tools to do that so as you said values have you ever sat and explored what your values are that is strengthening your connection to yourself and then by understanding what your values are you're going to know what who the people you want to have around you you know I want to connect with more people whose value is adventure as you said earlier spontaneity Mm. or the opposite of that I want a bit of you know the yin and the yang um so connection the the fourth is creativity um and creativity is not in a sense you know I I've held workshops on this before and people are like so you know oh I'm not creative because they've been taught in a school system what creativity is oh you've got to be good at art or writing or music to be creative but actually creativity is our capacity to to explore and innovate and listen to our intuition of what is true for us and allow ourselves to express ourselves you know, move, dance, so much of, of you know, my own journey came through allowing myself to just dance and move and, and play and express. And, you know, yes, I was extremely artistic as a kid. So for me, picking up a paintbrush and, and painting big murals was a massive part of unlocking parts of my own creativity and therefore my self-expression but when I hold space for people it's like you know unblocking the parts of us that are blocked from just expressing anything you know any any way of being creative Um, and it might even just be you know picking up an object which we sometimes do in the workshops and using our imagination not just seeing things for what they are, but allowing our imagination to say, what's this object and what else could it be in a in an alternate world or in, hmm. in a, you know, how can we break out of the blocks that allow us to just see things in one way and create using creative tools, using playfulness um, to enable that. Um, and, 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 and that freedom that comes from that, you know, I see it in, um, in life drawing classes when people you know go with mates and whatever and I held one for a birthday a few years ago and people came because they love me and you know they wouldn't normally go to a life drawing class they'd be like that's the last thing I want to do on a Saturday night but I was like come on guys and I love getting people out their comfort zone and they'd come and they'd sit and you know it was guided by the most a friend now but amazing um, artist Dan um, Whitston And, you know, he guides people to step out of that comfort zone and put pen to paper and it not doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be, you know, and don't look at what other people are doing. You and what you, how you are doing it is, is right, is your true essence. So creativity, amazing one. Um, The fifth is, um, where are we up to? Compassion. Compassion is so huge. We're not taught compassion naturally. We're not taught compassion, and um, and we we are. It's something that we really have to work on, especially self compassion. You know, really becoming um, a friend to ourselves and a friend to our fears, and developing a, a kinder, more accepting conversation with ourselves. 
uh, that you know there's various different tools and techniques that I work with to to unlock that self-compassion and through unlocking self-compassion and self-acceptance we find that for others yeah we find so it's like practicing non-judgment you know we are actually taught in our society to judge others there is an undercurrent narrative of us versus them and ultimately when you begin to observe that you begin to realize that you that we have these judgmental voices that we maybe don't even align with uh, that actually aren't necessarily true to who we are we don't that we don't, maybe don't even question why they're there um you know towards other girls or you know towards somebody and the way that they look it might not be what we really feel but it's there as like a an undercurrent that's just you know this this voice that we have and i think developing compassion and and certainly compassion even in that moment for ourselves like yeah. oh i'm i'm i've recognized that i've got this inner voice or um you know forgiveness is huge mm. It's an absolutely massive one, forgiving ourselves, you know, any shame that we carry, you know, again, rather than like, why me? Why am I carrying this shame? It's like, why? Where's this, where's this shame come from? And I'm going to, I'm going to sit in the, in the discomfort of feeling the shame, but then I'm going to work with compassion to, to really find self-forgiveness and all forgiveness for others that have maybe betrayed us or caused us pain or you know, caused us some kind of um, even trauma, you know, and and find that forgiveness um, because that compassion will seriously unlock so much. And then we have care. So the sixth C is care. And I feel like this comes into self-care. So learning how to develop self-care, caring for um, for ourselves in a way that's, you know, where we don't carry potential guilt you know putting yourself first filling your own putting your own gas mask on before you know as they say yeah. on the plane um often you know I was certainly a people pleaser and a serious chronic you know I just <laughs> wanted to be there for everyone wanted to help everyone with stuff that they had going on and I just wasn't looking after myself you know, back in the day, back in uni days, I would be like the agony aunt. People come talk to me about what was going on in their lives and, you know, have the deeper meaningfuls, but wasn't taking care of myself. Mm. Wasn't able to set boundaries, wasn't able to um, to self-care. So self-care is huge, but then also that care coming into other areas of our lives, care of our bodies, what we're eating, what we're fueling ourselves with, care of of others um nature the planet you know these are all topics that are very much you know hot on the press right yeah. now like the environment and everything but it's like you know we can't we're not gonna save the world as in like let's do every single thing that we can to you know go full plastic free etc but there are there are parts of us that we can make integral little changes that align us with what we re who we really are and what we really believe in um, and that's, that's the care piece and, um, and then community. So community is exactly what we were talking about earlier. Those finding those like-minded people to, to go on the journey with you, to connect with, to enable that true self to come out. Um, but also finding community in all areas of life. You know, community here on our doorstep. Mm. You know, how much do we know our neighbours? How much have we stopped, you know, yeah. getting to know our neighbours? But, like you said earlier, COVID. Yeah. What happened at COVID? Everybody suddenly, you know, certainly where we live up north, there was like new WhatsApp groups being created on same the streets, you know, people checking in on each other. If anyone was, you know, an, an elderly person living on their own, how like these community groups and caring more about the communities that we live in and and who, you know, how we can support community um, is a massive part of living a well life, living a fulfilled life is is certainly getting involved in community and and how you can support your community, not just even, you know, directly looking at community of who you connect with there's all different ways to create community um and and so that's yeah that's the seven c i love it i really do love it and i think it's such a great framework for and and, and my advice to anyone i mean i 
I do a lot of this stuff anyway, but my advice to anyone who's embarking on that journey of trying to become more conscious in the, the way that they live is to is to follow this, this mm. very simple framework. So just by way of recap, we've got courage, curiosity, connection, creativity, compassion, um, care and community. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, I it just goes back to how we once were years and years ago when we were running around on the deserts of the savannah. You know, mm. we had all of this, didn't mm. we? It was mm-hmm. so simple, mm-hmm. but through evolution, we've managed to somehow complicate it so much. And a question I often ask myself is, I feel like people still know this. They know all of this. They know something so profound, but yet they still refuse to live by it. Mm. And why is that? Is it because of the distractions, the constant distractions? So the mainstream lifestyles that we are here in now, you know, technology, phones, day-to-day living, the structure that we live, we get up with an alarm, we do our day-to-day, we, you know, there are these things in place. There are these distractions that we might not even be aware of distractions. Mm. It's almost like life has been designed in a way that it's almost like a machine that makes us forget everything that's important, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) I mean, until you ask otherwise, you know, until you go, oh, hold on a second, you know, is this really making me feel good, you know, is... Is it really making me feel good? And unfortunately, you know, the way that the brain is wired is we do get, we do get sucked in so easily. You know, you know what it's like. You get, you know, you're on your phone. You want to distract yourself for a moment. You, you're in a, you're in a hole. You know, yeah. you've got, you're, you're sucked in. You're just sucked okay. in. And I remember, you know, I remember, um, you know, it was 2017. I was so my phone was doing my head in mm. the, the notifications the the whatsapp groups that I was in and responding to emails constantly and it was just like my phone was doing my head in but I had no control over it mm. and I had no awareness of what of of kind of how to how to have a healthier relationship with it because I was sucked into it and I felt like I needed to be at the end of those emails straight away and I felt like I needed to respond to the WhatsApp groups or, you know, and I didn't have self-care around it. And, um, and I, you know, it, it was, what actually happened was the universe intervened. Mm-hmm. My phone broke, okay. right? Broke, it totally wouldn't turn on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all my photos and oh my gosh, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna be able to contact that person or let that person know. And I'm like, you know, having a, having a semi freak out. And then I'm like, check in with myself. And I'm like, right, hold on a second. You know, it's not the end of the world. You could go and get your phone fixed or get to the Apple store and they'll sort it out or whatever, you know. So that night I was actually going to a talk about futurism and it was all about, um, yeah, it was about future technology and, and futurism in an, in an essence. So I go to the talk. Um, of course, I didn't have Google Maps to get me there. I had to ask someone how to get me to the old building. School. Yeah, old school, which was amazing. Um, you know, talk to another human on uh, GPS. Um, and, and arrived at this talk. And the whole talk, Lisa, was about technology taking control over us. Yeah. And it was like, you know, in however many years time, the entire world, global population will be connected to the internet and be able to access anything, good or bad, you know, entire global population. Not only that, how, it was a ridiculous high percentage of people that were going to be, to have smartphones. Um, and just recognising what that, what that level of, dopamine and an addiction does you see it you see you walk down the street or you walk into a cafe or you walk anywhere and you see the the epidemic that we're in with screens and and mobile phones um you know people battle with their kids over getting yeah get coming off a phone they are addictive devices there's no escaping that and really this amazing woman who's worked in silicon valley you know she was like what we really need to do is we need to get control back over our devices 
And in that moment, I recognized I don't have control over my device and I'm going to, well, the first decision was not going to get my phone fixed. I decided to go phone free for a week. And then I went to um, to the to the phone shop and got myself a flip phone, and I went I went smartphone free for ten months as a pure personal experiment of totally detaching from this device and how I was using it, and it was like coming off drugs or yeah, something. Yeah, well, they say, don't they? You know, when people talk about coming off Facebook or coming off Instagram, we talk about it like we're coming off yeah. a hard drug. Yeah. So yep. even the way that we vocalise it is, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a drug. Yeah, and I just saw it as a personal experiment of like, right, I'm going to lean into how this makes me feel. And it was like the only, you know, I would go on my laptop to do my work and then I would put it away. I wouldn't be super responsive to all those emails that were coming in all the time. You know, if I wanted to be connected with friends and all this, the WhatsApp chats that go on and, you know, you you feel a bit of grief as well. You're feeling loss. Mm. So... You know, I think we were planning going on, we were going to a festival as well and everyone was planning their outfits and getting, you know, the conversation was flowing. And then suddenly I was like, oh, I'm not part of that conversation anymore. And you kind of, you feel like, oh, you know, well, how, how am I going to be involved? Or you go through all these things and all these things are from school, you know, like your school circles. And so, uh, yeah. And then I was like, oh. I can do that thing, you know, that we used to do called a phone call where you mm. just ring someone up without arranging it and you have a chat for however long they've got and ask them, you know, oh, what are you packing or what are you wearing or have a conversation. And it was like these these things that we've kind of forgotten over time that are so yeah. simple. And it was, you know, prime example of exactly what you're talking about. Um, and, and I... And I you know, that was one of many little experiments that I've set over the years that have helped to rewire from these societal ways that we have have just, you know, these things that we just fall into, you know. Mm. Um, sitting on the sofa watching telly all the time, you know, we, we no longer have a telly in our house. And yeah. I'm not on, you know, to get me wrong, when I go to mum's, we like to sit and <laughs> watch a bit of telly, but, you know, it just became something that you know people just do you know you you scroll and you look for what to watch on the telly I mean we watch you know Netflix and documentaries and things but um but it's it's we've unlearned that behavior yeah we totally have um and I read an article somewhere recently where it talks about how we're exposed now to so much information almost you know, if we compare it to 30 years ago, we're exposed to more in a day than we were in a year. So understandably, it's no coincidence that there's an epidemic of stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. all of that is there because our brains just haven't evolved at the same rate as, as technology. Yeah, overwhelm. Um, Absolutely, it is. But I suppose the world is what it is, right? We can't change the world. Nope. You and I knows that. That. Um, so let's try and finish this podcast on a high because we can yep. talk about social media and all of that all day. But... For you, Nina, who is probably one of the most conscious people I know in terms of the way that you live, what are the benefits of that and what have you seen change as a result of living more consciously in your life? Really great question, Lisa. (laughs) You know, I feel the most alive I've ever felt and the healthiest I've ever felt and the most connected. And it doesn't mean that it, life for me doesn't come with its own um, challenges or or grapples. However, the way I approach those is different. I am certainly living more in tune with my true self and that makes me feel fulfilled every day. And my work excites me and the unknowns of my work excites me. And the fact that who I am is also a changing, ever changing, you know, ever evolving thing. It's an ever, I'm an ever evolving, ever learning student of life. Mm -hmm. That is so exciting to me. And I live, I, I feel that my path is to live in with more integrity in that direction. You know, you can't do it all at once. There's absolutely no way. There's no way. And it's been, you know, like I said, it's 10 years, 10 years to get to to who I am and where I am today. Yeah. Um, and 
that's what I would love to, sh- to share with others is that the more that you tune in to choosing the conscious choices, little, little by little, subtle steps, the more and more you connect to living this life. Yeah. And not just existing in what we think we should do or getting caught up in these, you know, in the in life as we've been as we think it should be or yeah. taught to be. And ultimately not living in your truth is the most detrimental thing to your spirit, mm. to your human spirit and your human nature. And I've seen that in people around me, you know, um, lost friends to, to suicide mm. and um, and and seen it in, you know, the work that I do. It's like you can feel people. Yeah. I feel people when they aren't living in their truth and where that leads people. And, you know, it's scary to take that first step. It's so scary to take that first step. Mm. But it is super powerful so powerful so powerful and once you do it for me it's almost like the pill that not that you wish you'd never taken you're totally glad you took it but Mm. there's no going back oh no there's no going back once you take it um and i think that's that's the joyous thing about it you don't want to go back either why Mm. would you Mm -hmm. absolutely it's not even it's not even about going back because once you're on taking those steps Mm. it's like it's like a an adventure like inward adventure it feels like you're totally in this flow state doesn't Mm. it and you constantly then want to learn more about yourself and what's going to happen next it's 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 a real place of i I don't want to say the word you know euphrenity but it is for me it's (laughs) euphoria but at the same time so super excited but at the same time that serene feeling of knowing you're on the right path and just a very contented feeling. Mm, and just being content with what is. Yeah. You know, and and learning those those sorts of principles of life that are universal and they're, they're, they're just, you know, it's not what we've been taught. No. And ultimately no. it is, it's when you start tap- tapping into the alternative and implementing those thoughts, mindset, lifestyle changes, that's when you begin to feel it. But so difficult to, 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 you can't take people there. No. You cannot, Mm. you know, I can, you can facilitate workshops, you facilitate workshops, I facilitate workshops. You can hold space for people, but it is the individual that has to, that has to go there with themselves on their own absolutely so everyone's on their own journey aren't they and they have to do it in their own way in their own time I think which is which is a really important thing Mm -hmm. so Nina for all of you know life students um here at earth school you know we're all trying to find a way on this clinging clinging on on this spinning ball of dust but if people want to reach out to you and get to know you a little bit better and understand more about the amazing work that you do in terms of your coaching and your workshops can you just tell us how we can find you yeah, sure. So I'm developing Business 2.0 at the moment. New website's coming very, very soon. Uh, and COVID's actually created space for me to really focus on that, m- that transparency, that authenticity. But you can reach me at iamcircle.co.uk. There is, you know, all the information on there about what I Am Circle is. And um, the seven C's are on there. And you can reach me on Instagram at at Nina Bubamara, which is um, N-I-N-A-B-U-B-A-M-A-R-A. You can just, yeah, get in touch with me if anything has resonated. Um, I'd love to hear from, yeah, anyone that's, you know, super curious. And, you know, that's the other thing. People need to learn how to not be afraid to reach out. Yeah, That's how we create community. You know, it's like leaning in. It's like with us when we met, you know, it was yeah. like, feel your vibe. Mm. You know, we got on and then it just, you know, it's like these connections that are real and raw and authentic. Like, like just if there's a little part of you that's like, mm, there's something about that person that I'm drawn to or that they're talking about. Not everything that I've s- spoken about today is going to resonate with everyone. And I always say, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. 
lead with the curiosity of what speaks to you like that resonance is everything and it's the same with everything you know that that we go through in life it's like let yourself let yourself follow that curiosity reach out ask questions Mm. don't be afraid to ask questions no Brilliant. It's like going back to being a child, isn't it? They always ask us questions. My kids are constantly asking me stuff that I never have the answers to. But you're right. Just don't be afraid to ask the questions. No, absolutely. Nina, it's been an absolute pleasure, um, an even bigger pleasure, actually, to do this face to face. You know, not lose those little nuances that we do sometimes over Zoom. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, It's been brilliant. So, yeah, thank you. I've loved it. Thanks so much, Lisa. Oh, what a beautiful chat. Thanks again, Nina. Really enjoyed that. And I hope you guys did too. That's all from me for now. But join me next time when I'm going to be interviewing my incredible team, Team Euphrenity, who will be telling you a little bit about them and also all about our upcoming retreats, the Resilience Code and the Reset Code. Tune in next time. For now, stay safe. Take care, everyone.